day of reckoning for a former cop in the killing of her black neighbor. Guilty of murder. Secretary of State Pompeo criticizes Democrats' impeachment demand. He calls it a bullying tactic. Harvard is cleared of allegations it discriminates against Asian Americans. A victory for supporters of affirmative action. This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition, sponsored by the Capital One Quicksilver Card. A jury in Dallas, Texas today delivered a guilty verdict on murder charges against former police officer Amber Geiger, who shot her black neighbor dead in his own apartment, thinking it was hers and that he was a burglar. Lee Merritt is an attorney for the family of victim Botham Jean. They want to thank this jury uh, for taking their time, hearing the evidence, and getting it right. Uh, we still have the sentencing phase to go, but this is a huge victory. Correspondent Omar Villafranca. In an emotional eight-day trial, the jury heard Geiger describe that final night in her own words. Jurors also saw the sometimes gruesome body cam video from first responders. Prosecutors say Geiger did little to help Jean as he laid on the floor dying. Prosecutors say the former Dallas police officer was partially distracted after exchanging sexually explicit messages with her patrol partner on the night she shot Jean. The sentencing phase of that trial will resume tomorrow. She faces up to 99 years. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo sent a letter to House Democratic leaders today accusing them of trying to intimidate and bully career officials. CBS's Bill Rakoff. The chairs of the House Foreign Affairs, Intelligence, and Oversight Committee say that Pompeo is intimidating witnesses in the impeachment inquiry. They say that's illegal and it constitutes evidence of obstruction. They also say that if Pompeo was listening in on the phone call between President Trump and Ukraine President Zelensky that prompted the whistleblower complaint, he's also a witness to the inquiry. Earlier today, Pompeo objected to the committee's efforts to obtain depositions from five current and former State Department officials as part of that inquiry. Bill Rakoff. CBS News, Capitol Hill. Harvard University's been cleared of allegations it discriminates against Asian Americans in its admissions. The judge says Harvard's admission process is not perfect, but there's no evidence of any racial animus whatsoever. Students for Fair Admissions argued that Asian Americans were held to a higher standard in admissions, what they call an Asian penalty, while black and Hispanic students with lower grades were given preference. The leader of the group, Edward Blum, has orchestrated lawsuits to ban affirmative action and other schools. Harvard says it considers race and admissions, but it is only one of many factors. Allison Keyes, CBS News. On Wall Street, the Dow dropping 343 points or 1.3 percent to 26,573. Now that we start today in Cowlitz County. Today we are going to honor Mike as a son, as a brother. We're going to honor Mike as a husband and a father. We're going to honor Mike as a firefighter. And as a friend. Friends, family, and fellow firefighters gather to mourn the loss of a dedicated servant. KXL's Justin McDonald shares the story. The tears flowed and amazing stories were plentiful today at the New Life Fellowship Church as they celebrated the life of a 20-year Cowlitz County fire veteran. Battalion Chief Mike Zanefeld died of suicide on September 19th. Fellow firefighters consider Zanefeld's death a line-of-duty event. He was suffering from a job-related injury caused by occupational stress. His friends and family remembered him today as the community came together. It's an incredible thing to see the amount of support and effort that is put forth to honor a great man. Donations for the Zanefelds, two teenage sons and wife can be made at U.S. Bank. Justin McDonald, FM News 101. And sad news to report from the Oregon coast. The Coast Guard found the body of Hong Tran. He was a counselor at Franklin High School. 
The 58-year-old went missing on Saturday when he sailed by himself off Yaquina Bay. Cruz found his boat smashed onshore on Sunday. The Coast Guard says they found him still wearing his life vest. 404. The man police called a nighttime nailer is behind bars today. KXL's John Eric Smith has the story. Brett Michael Wilson of Oregon City was called the nighttime nailer because he spent years intentionally throwing nails out his car window. Captain Sean Davis with the Oregon City Police says Wilson was prolific. He threw nails on our streets uh, twice, and this week was yesterday and this morning. So we lodged on four counts of disorderly conduct. We have many reports that we're going through. Combining all those reports, and we're going to set those down to the Clackamas County District Attorney's Office. Wilson told police this morning that he had thrown nails from his car window more than 50 times all across the Portland area. John Eric Smith, FM News 101. Well, Portland's not the only city trying to bring Major League Baseball to town. Nashville now rolling out the welcome mat. A group called Music City Baseball is trying to convince MLB it's up to the task. It hopes to have a team in Nashville by 2024 and even has a name picked out already, the Nashville Stars. It's proposing a stadium built just south of Nissan Stadium that's home to the Tennessee Titans. I'm okay with a little competition. Mm. Bring it, Nashville. Oregon will be one of the last states in the union to implement real ID requirements. It'll come a year from today. KXL's Rosemary Reynolds says, get a passport or passport card now so you won't face a major travel headache. Nobody is going to love waiting in line 45 minutes or longer at the airport because they don't have the right ID to board a plane. This is why ODOT, TSA, and DMV want you to get a jump on things before October 2020. Tom McClellan with DMV says July 6th is when DMV's new computer system will be able to issue the new real ID cards. Uh, The Transportation Security Administration, TSA, at airports will stop accepting state-issued driver licenses or ID cards unless they're marked as meeting federal issuance standards. And in, in Oregon, for us, that will be a driver license, driver permit, or ID card that has a black star in the upper right corner. About a million Oregonians will want the new real ID card. Rosemary Reynolds, FM News 101. One recall effort of Oregon Governor Kate Brown says they're struggling. The other says signatures need to be turned in by October 7th. The number that are out there outstanding still, if those are turned in in the next week, we will be fine. But we have to have them in time to validate them, and that's the main challenge. And, of course, we want people to continue collecting signatures because we want to send the strongest message possible. Oregon GOP Chair Bill Courier tells the Lars Larson Show the deadline to turn them in, uh, $280,000 worth. That's October 14th. It looks like we don't need to worry about doctors taking longer to diagnose a vaping-related illness during flu season. KXL's Steve Leader updates us. There were reports Monday that flu season could slow the process of determining whether a patient has the flu or a vaping-related illness because some of the symptoms in each can mirror the other. Dr. Richard Lehman with the Oregon Health Authority says if you're diagnosed with the flu, you can pretty much count on that. We think in almost every case we're going to be right because this vaping illness is happily still pretty rare. He says if you never vaped, no need to worry. As far as protecting your health, Dr. Lehman says vaping is a loser. So I just encourage people not to do it until we know more. Steve Leader, FM News 101. Portland's most news, traffic and weather. FM News 101. Here we are on a Tuesday, Lucinda and Cooper, and certainly exciting moments in the White House press room today. A whole lot of chaos, but not from the administration. Instead, a mouse. <laughs> oh, there he goes. Is it still in there? Yes. Yeah. Oh, no. 
Would I run? I run? <laughs> He's coming through this. Time. I like to think I wouldn't get freaked out. <laughs> But I don't know. The room literally, uh, literally fell from the press room ceiling onto the lap of NBC reporter Peter Alexander. It jumped off and ran, hiding behind some electrical cords. Mm-hmm. Several reporters shared video of it all. They're chasing the mouse around the room trying to get it out. <laughs> Another NBC reporter, Shannon Pettypiece, tweeted, It's the most excitement in the White House briefing room in months. <laughs> we want to know what you think. Was the mouse just a, you know, tactic to... Divide the room. I don't know. What's your surefire method of getting rid of rodents? I don't have one yet. Well, folks should tell us on our KXL Facebook page. It's posted there. Call somebody? <laughs> Triple A Oregon. Answering the call when members need help at the roadside for the last hundred years running. Become a member today. Triple A.com. Keep life going. This celebrated coach has been banned from the KXL Sports Desk. Here's Peter Sampson. Trouble for Alberto Salazar. The Nike Oregon Project coach has been hit with a four-year suspension for doping violations by the U.S. Anti-Doping Agency. That suspension begins immediately. Salazar said he'll appeal the suspension while stating that the investigation was, quote, unjust, unethical, and highly damaging. Salazar has a highly decorated coaching career that includes coaching Olympic gold medalist Mo Farah and Matthew Centrowitz and two-time Olympic medalist. Medalist Galen Rupp. The Carolina Panthers play star defensive tackle Kwan Short on injured reserve today with a partially torn rotator cuff. Short hasn't played since suffering the injury in the team's Week 2 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. General Manager Marty Herney said in a statement that Short will undergo surgery and will not return this season. Sports at 15 and 45, I'm Peter Sampson. FM News 101. Time now for the five things you need to know today. First, Democrats in Congress line up interviews with two former U.S. diplomats to Ukraine. One of them, Kurt Volker, resigned last week. His resignation came soon after details broke about the July phone call between President Trump and the leader of Ukraine. Congressional aides say Volker will testify on Thursday. Another former U.S. diplomat to Ukraine, Marie Yavo. Yovanovitch is scheduled to testify next week. Meanwhile, there is now a war of words between congressional Democrats and U.S. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo. Top congressional Democrats want several current State Department employees to come testify on Capitol Hill. Pompeo is pushing back. He sent a letter today saying the Dems are being bullies about it. One top Democrat disputes that claim. They're the team that's bullying and intimidating. Uh, They don't want to let people see the abuse of power that the president's engaged in, the threat to national security that he's been. That's Congressman Steve Cohen, a member of the House Judiciary Committee. Other news, mourners in Las Vegas take the day to remember a shooting massacre at a music festival. An emotional sunrise service marks two years since the deadliest mass shooting in modern U.S. history in which 58 people were killed at a country music festival in Las Vegas, Nevada. At today's memorial, Nevada's Governor Steve Sisolak fought back tears during his speech. Nation discovered what we knew all along. We are a city of neighbors that look out for each other. One of Sisolak's first acts in office was to tighten gun laws. And that's Colton Salaz with KXNT Radio in Las Vegas. Well, it's now the sentencing phase for a former Dallas police officer now convicted of murder. The jury in Amber Geiger's murder trial returned a guilty verdict earlier today. She'll serve time for killing her neighbor, Botham Jean. John's mother, Allison, takes the stand as the jury enters the penalty phase. My life has not been the same. It's just been like a roller coaster. I cannot sleep. I cannot eat. It's just been the most 
terrible time for me. Geiger could receive a sentence anywhere between five and 99 years. And more pro-democracy protesters in Hong Kong make headlines as China celebrates 70 years of communist rule. CBS News correspondent Remy Innocencio says today's demonstrations are about as bad as he's seen over there. One police officer shot a protester who was attacking him, but at point-blank range in the chest. That uh, protester is now in critical condition, but he is expected to survive. And those are the five things you need to know today.